you are awesome. And God, we just want to tell you again, we love you. And God, we thank you for giving us the opportunity, God, just to be in your house today. And God, we just believe that you would speak to our hearts. We just claim, God, today that you would speak into our lives today. And God, that you would make a difference in every way. We thank you. We love you. We adore you in Jesus' name. Come on, high five someone around you and say amen. Come on, so be it. So be it, so be it. If they're not looking, just slap them. It's okay. It, it, it works the same. And, and I know you've been wanting to do that to your husband or wife. It just does a Holy Ghost slap right there and just how you're doing. I want to talk today on the subject of staying pure in a filthy world. Staying pure. We're on the subject of the vow. We've been talking about this through this month. Looking at the vow we make. The vow we make is not just till death do us part but also to love and to cherish, to have fun, to enjoy each other, to discover truths about each other, to unlock each other's hearts, to meet each other's deepest need. And and I want to talk today about having purity, because the title of our message today is Accepted and Expected. Accepted and Expected. And I wonder sometimes when I think about staying pure, in a filthy world, I even wonder sometimes if that's any, even possible anymore. Have you ever thought that? You know, it's impossible to be able to do that. But I believe 100% that it is possible. It just takes more effort today. It just takes more commitment. It just takes more time. It just takes more attention that is needed in each one of our lives. But it can be done, and it can be done by you. Today I want to start with a really cool awesome illustration that I actually saw and heard this week. And I thought, wow, it wasn't on a marriage um, message. It wasn't on anything like this. But I thought, wow, this really fits. How many remembers when you were at school and you were in math class, you would have on one side what was known as the problem. And on the other side, you would have the answer or the solution. Okay. Here's what I want to talk about today. The problem most time in math, or many times in math, followed what we call a pattern. There's a lot of patterns in math. When it comes to multiplication and things, there's a pattern in math. And the pattern equals many times, or the answer in math many times is called the product. Everyone with us? I want to give you an example today of a pattern and a product. Okay, if we're going to take right here, and this is on the problem side, if we're going to take 111 times 6, we're going to figure out how that works. Now, 111 times 6, there's a pattern, okay, because we can write this. We can write that six times, okay? And the answer is, you can add it down if you want. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 5, 6. We can answer it, and the product is 6, 6, 6. So from the pattern... There's a product. How many would agree with me right now that we don't like the product of that pattern? Come on. 666 is not a good number. It's a mark of the beast. It's, it's a, the, not the number of man. It's something that we don't like in our lives. But I want to show you something, and that is this. Most times, what we try to do in our lives is we want the product to change. Come on. How many agrees that you need the product to change? But you see, we focus all our energy in trying to change the product where the product cannot change the product. What needs to happen is there needs to be a change in the pattern for the product to change. So notice what happens if we just add one more to the pattern. So it's time seven. What's the result? 
What is what? God's perfect number. How many would agree that's a good product that you can have in your life? And I just want you to see something today is we want our marriage to change. Come on, we want our experiences to change. We want where we live to change. And we focus all the efforts here where we need to look at the patterns, what we are doing in our daily lives, what we're thinking, the actions of our life, because the patterns or the problems of our life create the answer or the product of our life. Come on, so if we want to change the product, we've got to address first the pattern. Look at this statement, right Patterns equal the proper product. You know, too many people today are making excuses for who they are. They're making excuses for the product, but they're unwilling to own up to the reason why they came to that. Come on, they're they're, they're wanting help in their marriage. They're wanting all these help, but they're making excuses for where they're at today. Why? Because they don't want to address the pattern Come on, I wish someone would help me preach in the house today. They don't want to address the pattern, but they would rather make every other excuse why things are not happening instead of realizing it's not no one else's fault. It's not even my spouse's fault. And if you're not married, it's definitely not your spouse's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. Because what we put in is what we're going to get at. Come on, what we put in is what we get out. What's the old computer term? The old computer term was this, that garbage is garbage out. It doesn't change. And stop being shocked by that. Stop being shocked if your marriage is screwed up and yet your pattern is all wrong. Don't be shocked if you're not seeing the results that you need in your life, but just everything that you're putting in. And here, we add the spiritual contact. We think if we just pray over here that God's going to take care of all those things. God's able, but God wants to work with your willingness. And God wants to move in your life. So today, if you're sitting there and saying, man, I can't believe this is happening to me. Come on, if you're sitting there saying, this always happens to me. If you're sitting there today saying, why me? Why do I deserve that? Come on, look at your neighbor square in the eye and say, you better check the ingredients. You better check your ingredients because if you don't like the product, if you don't like your marriage, if you don't like the decisions you're making daily, if you don't like where you're at right now, you've got to look at the pattern. What are we talking about? Looking at your daily choices, looking at your daily thoughts, looking at the actions, looking at the words you say, looking at those things that you type on social media because whether you think it or not, guess what? If you're typing it, it's still something that you've said. Well, I didn't say it. I texted it. It's the same difference. It's the same thing. Think about it if you're making a cake or you're making something and you're following the recipe. And the recipe says in order for your cake to be the success it needs, it requires two eggs. You may turn around and say, I don't like eggs. So I'm going to substitute the eggs for something else. I like sugar. I like sweet stuff. So instead of two eggs, I'll just substitute it with two more spoons of sugar because that makes the medicine go down. So I'm just going to whip it all up because I don't like that, but I like sugar. Guess what happens? It doesn't matter how much you like what you put in. Come on, you're not going to like what you get. Well, I like the sugar. I like doing it. You know, that's the problem with sin. We like to do it. Come on, I'm just preaching to you today, whether you're going to agree with me or not. If it was something we didn't enjoy, we wouldn't do it. It's something that appeals to us. We like, we like the extra sugar, but we're never, ever going to like the outcome because what is required has to be present. And if it's not, the product is going to be completely all wrong. We've got to watch that we don't just live for the moments, especially today 
in a microwaved society. Everyone wants things instant. And it's really tough when we serve a crockpot God. And when I say crockpot, I don't mean he's high on pot. You know what I'm saying? Crockpot is a cooking material. It's a cooking thing where you put it in. Come on, we serve a slow cook God. Sometimes we want things right now and God just says you have to wait a minute. And how many knows God's minute is not 60 seconds? Because the Bible says to God, what? A minute, a moment can be a thousand years as one day. So if God says, wait a minute, it can be a couple of weeks, it can be a couple of months, but God knows when you need it and he's going to give it to you and to give it to you prematurely is going to affect the products and the outcome of your life. So a moment of misplaced pleasure and fulfillment can leave you and I lacking and dissatisfied for life. Let me use another illustration for you today if I can. Let me show you something else on my fancy board. I'm a visual kind of person. I like to see things visually. It helps me a lot. If it doesn't help you, close your eyes and just act like you're enjoying it. What's that say? Yeah, what am I doing? I get confused with loss, lose, choose, choice, all those kind of things. Miss Nancy helps me out. I wasn't hooked on phonics. I was hooked on Jesus when I was in school. So I wasn't hooked on that. Anything and everything you do can fall under one of those columns. And I want us to look at our lives and ask because it's going to add up. Does the math add up? Because you've got to check this out. If we're looking at the things of this world, if we're looking to say, let's just say, for example, that we're involved in drugs. Okay? Let's have a look and say, okay, so on on my gain side or on my doing side, I'm doing drugs. I'm adding that to my life. Start asking yourself on the other side, what's going to happen? could go on and on, couldn't we? Couldn't we go on and on and on? What have I got to gain? Drugs. What do I have to lose? My job, my family, my health, my future. Look at this one. It's another one. Sex. Out of marriage. What do I have to gain? Well, one thing I'm definitely not going to gain is the love that God intends me to have because I'm going to lose that. So I'm going to lose love. Oh, but they love me. That's why they're doing it. No, only true love is in the parameters of God's love. What else are we going to have? You can have the risk of a sexually transmitted disease. It's rampant today. One in three people today suffer or will suffer from sexually transmitted diseases. Happiness, you can look at all. I just really encourage you in everything. If you're going to have unfaithfulness and you're going to cheat on your spouse and you're going to cheat on them, you know what you gain? You may gain a moment of satisfaction and pleasure as you've got that high of talking to that person or me, but you know what you've got to lose? Everything. Everything. And isn't it amazing how the world says, but this is life and this is what you have. Add it up. Look at it. Put it on what you're going to gain, what's going to be added to your life, and what's going to be subtracted from your life. And I'm telling you right now, you are never going to balance it out. It's never going to be better than what God has for you. You're always going to be at a loss when you try to do things. You see, when you try to live impure and try and live without purity in your life, If the pattern of your life, because this is the pattern. And what is this? It's what you're going to get. Oh, but that would never happen to me. You can't defy the odds. You cannot beat the odds, Feta El. And I want to talk today about staying pure. Making sure that we're adding the right patterns to our life. So we'll receive the right product from our lives. And that can be very tough when, what's the title of our message? Accepted and expected. Most things today are accepted and most things are just expected. 
The old people, you know, they're going to have affairs. It's just accepted and expected. We turn on the TV now and we see homosexuals that have talk shows. They have all these different things. It's now just accepted and it's expected in society. We look at people just having affairs and going, it's accepted. We hear people now, we're not shocked. It used to, wow, can't believe that. But now we're like, oh, yeah, I saw it coming, you know. I was expecting that. Uh, Such an accepting, expecting society. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.12. Can you give me the back screen too, please? That would be great. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says this. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. The New Living Translation says this, I'm allowed to do anything I want, but the reply is this, not everything is good for you. And it read on, it says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any or of anything. I won't be brought under the power of those things. You see, what Paul is addressing here, you've got to understand this, he's addressing two problems. Because these people are now under grace instead of law, because they have now got the freedom of a relationship and not just a religion, because of it all now, they're thinking that their freedom under Christ is endless. They just think they've now got a license to live or a license to sin, that they can just live their lives however they want. Why? Because Jesus died for me, Jesus forgave my sin, and Jesus is going to forgive me of everything I will ever do in my life. So Paul is addressing that mindset in their lives. And also what they were doing wasn't strictly forbidden by Scripture. You see, there's always going to be loopholes and we're going to say, well, the Scripture in the Bible doesn't really say that. The truth is this, it really does say that. We're just looking for the loopholes and we're looking for justification in our lives. So Paul addresses the problem, but he gives an answer to it too. And he says three different things that they're answering. And that is this, while Christ has taken away our sin... He says it does not give us the freedom to keep on doing or just a license to sin. Because he didn't abolish the law, he fulfilled the law. And those things that were required under the law are still required under grace. Come on, you still can't murder and kill. Come on, you can't still kill. You still can't commit adultery. You still can't. Those things that were, we were impossible to be able to uphold, he has now made it possible That we can uphold those. So Paul was saying this. Don't be thinking I can just do whatever I want and get away with it. And I can just say, God, forgive me. He's saying, yes, he's taken away our sin, but it doesn't give us the freedom just to live constantly in sin. Paul is also saying that some actions may not be sinful in themselves. But they are not appropriate because they can control us and lead us away from God. You know, everything that you do in life is not necessarily a sin. But it's not necessarily good for your life either. Well, it's not good. It's kind of neutral. You won't stay in neutral long because you know what happens if you put a car in neutral? It's always going to roll downhill. It doesn't roll uphill. It rolls downhill. So Paul is saying, yeah, there are some things that are kind of neutral that may not be sins. But you know what? If you keep feeding those things in your life, they're going to develop into that which is Sin, that which is wrong. And look at this, Paul says this, that there are some actions that you may do in your life that may hurt other people. And anything that hurts and not helps others is wrong. So we've got to be careful in our lives. Because we love to justify those things and we love to say, well, it's not really doing much harm. But again, look at it as the pattern and the product. If you don't like where you're at, you've got to start looking at the product. Oh, you can do it all. Come on, you can choose to do it all. You can choose to live in pure. You can choose to do all those things, but you're never going to be happy with the product of your life. I don't think anyone wakes up and says these words, you know what, today I'm just going to screw up my life. Today I'm just going to make the silliest decision. If you're married, I don't think anyone wakes up and says, you know what, today I'm just going to go out and have an affair. I just feel like having an affair. Let's just go out and just screw up and mess up my marriage today. We don't say that. But you know what? People will today mess up their lives. Come on, people today will make stupid choices and decisions. Unfortunately, people today will be unfaithful to their spouse. Why? Because of the wrong patterns and the wrong behaviors. 
Because when left unchecked or unguarded, they will never work themselves out for good. The wrong will never work itself out for good unless you correct that. It's like last week we talked about that if you really love someone, you've got to have fun with that person because having a miserable, sad time will never bring love into a relationship. You've got to change it in order to see the product change. And we plan, we don't plan for absurd and out of control things to happen into our lives, yet they do. Here's the stat for you. I was alarmed when I heard this. 50% of marriages is unbelievable that they say is going to end in divorce. But here's another stat. Are you ready? 75% of those who will marry will find themselves entangled in at least one bad behavior. Meaning what? That drugs or pornography or an affair, something like that. 75% of marriages will find themselves suffering with impurity, inside of what, that, what God wants to be pure. I, I think that's 75% too much. Come on, I said that's 75% too much. But you see, the enemy doesn't present all the facts, does he? He just presents a little bit. And he says, oh, but you look what you've got to gain. It's fun. Everyone's doing it and everyone's involved in it. And look how they're popular and they have everything because he doesn't present to you the product. He doesn't show you the results of those kind of things. It's like Br'er Rabbit. Anyone remember the story of Br'er Rabbit? He was that rabbit. He was elusive. He got away from Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox all the time. And one day they said, we're going to get him. And they set up a tar baby. And because Br'er Rabbit was inquisitive, they knew that. They thought, man, this is going to be a plan. This is going to be something. So he's just walking along one day, minding his own business, and bam, he sees this thing. What is it? He's intrigued. He looks all around it. What possibly could it be? So what does he do? He touches it. Can't get his hand off. It's tar. He's stuck. So what does he try to do? Push himself off. Now two hands are stuck. But that's okay, I've still got two feet. He pushes and pushes until he is completely stuck. That's sin. I can handle it. Oh, let me just try a little bit. Let me just taste a little bit. Let me just, wow, everyone else said it sounds and looks good. But more and more you get stuck and you get trapped. Number one reason today, they say that couples who are not even married break up today is unfaithfulness. And dating is supposed to prepare us for a forever together, but yet it's preparing us more for divorce and separation and unfaithfulness. Why? Because that's the trends of what we see. It's building what? The wrong patterns in our life that will never produce the favorable good product, the outcome. We've got to build solid bridges in our life. Before marriage, we need to build a solid bridge for what our marriage needs to be. We need to develop the proper patterns. So it's a pattern and not a problem. So it can be a product that we like. In our marriages, we've got to build bridges and change from doing the wrong things. Look at this quote. This is something I came across the other day. And and I love this quote. It says this, The people that will be in your future are as good as the person you choose to be today. It's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. In other words, you attract who you are. What you are is what you attract. So if you want to attract the good things for your life, you've got to start being a good person. You've got to change the patterns and the behaviors of your life. Why? Because your decisions you make today are the hinges upon which your life is going to swing, either swinging wide open or slamming shut. And the last time I checked, big doors swing on small hinges. Small decisions can make a massive impact and a massive change to your life. Look at this scripture, Hebrews 13, verse 4. Read it with me, the first part. It says this marriage is honorable amongst all. Come on, say that with me. Marriage is honorable among all. And the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Incidentally, you know, people can say, oh, fornication. Well, what's that? It's a big word. Really, fornication is this immoral life, it's an immoral lifestyle. 
And one of the things that's limited under fornicators, and if you add this every time you see fornication, it means not having sex before marriage. Being immoral, living a sinful, immoral life towards God. But what I want to do is I want to focus on the first part that we read today. Why? Because that's our responsibility and the rest is God's responsibility because he says the fornicator and the adulterer he'll take care of, he'll judge, he'll handle. But what does he say at the beginning? Marriage is honorable amongst all. New Living Translation says give honor to marriage. Notice who does it say needs to give honor to marriage? Who needs to give honor to marriage? All. It's not just those who are married, notice that. It's also those who are unmarried, that every one of us. So if we're married, God expects us to honor the covenant of what marriage is, to be faithful. But even if we're not married, you've got to see this, single people. God still expects you to honor the covenant of marriage. What does that mean? You may not be married to that person, but you need to start living the right patterns of your life to honor a marriage that you want God to give to you in your life. Why? Because you want a perfect marriage. But if you're imperfect and your patterns are wrong, the product is a result of the pattern. So you've got to realize we've got to honor marriage. What do we do when we're in marriage? We honor each other. We are sexually pure to each other. We are pure in everything. That's honoring the covenant of marriage. Outside of marriage, we need to still keep that same covenant as if we were married to someone. In other words, purity across the board matters to God. Purity matters to God. It's not just a someday concern. Well, I'll be pure when I get married. It's a today concern. It's an everyday concern that we must have. Because purity matters whether you are married or not. And it matters to God. It's the patterns. It's the patterns of your life. The patterns that determine the products of your life. Let's be honest today. We live in a world of temptation. We live in a world of absolute temptation. I mean, you turn on the commercials on TV now. What's up with Hardy's Burgers commercials? I mean, they're selling everything else apart from fries and burgers. Just sex that's selling everything now. That's, everything's got sexual innuendos. Everything's alluding to this. Everything's about take this drug for this and, and to do this. The temptations are all around us. And there's a lot more ways to get in trouble today than there ever has been before. And we're all going to have temptation. How do we know? Let's look at some scriptures. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says this. No temptation has overtaken you except is what? Common to man. Meaning what? We all suffer that. So the temptations you face are the same temptations other people. Maybe in different degrees, in different ways. But the same temptations are the temptations that we will all face. But notice this. God is what? God is a faithful God. In the middle of our temptation, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will make your way of escape that you may be able to bear it, endure it, come out on the other side. In other words, you don't have to buckle under the temptation. God says, I'm faithful in that. I'm right there in the society, in the world that we live. God says, I'm still a faithful God. Come on, I'm still an able God. It's still able for you to be pure and to live a pure life. Why? Because I'm still the same God. I haven't changed. The world may change, but the world is never going to change to be greater than me. Come on, I'm still the greatest thing in the world. 1 Peter 4 verse 12 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, the temptations from hell. The struggles, the adversities, the hardships which have come to what? To try you. They've come to destroy you. They've come to steal you, your affections and your heart. They've come to take them away. Notice what he says. Don't think of those things as something strange has happened to you. In other words, don't be shocked when you're tempted. Don't be shocked because it's a device from Satan, from the pit of hell, from the fires of heaven that wants to take you out. Why? Because as a child of God, you're a threat to the powers of hell. He's going to tempt you. James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. 
For when he has approved, he will receive a crown of life which the Lord has promised to those that love him. That means that one day when we get to heaven, there's going to be a reward for us. Come on right now. When we can make it through the temptation. So what have we just read? Temptation's coming. Come on, it's powerful. It's real. Close your eyes all you want. Bury your head in the sand. Lift your head up. It's still going to be there. It's not going to leave you. So it's coming. Don't be surprised. But the third thing we need to realize is this. You can overcome it. Come on, through Christ you are an overcomer. DJ said that today. If God is for us, who can be against us? We're an overcomer through Christ Jesus. But we live in a society that's labeled a lot of the temptations today as acceptable behavior and expected behavior. Accepted and expected, which takes it all to another level. Temptation today is so easy to come by. It used to be that you used to have to go looking for temptation. Come on. You really had to go out and look for temptation. Now you don't even have to do that. Because temptations come and looking for you. Most of our hands, we hold a phone now. That phone is connected to everything in the world. Come on, if someone wanted to be engaged into a pornography lifestyle, they'd have to go out and find materials. Now the materials are readily available 24 hours a day, an unlimited source right in their hand. Something that's good, something that they can use to be that which is wholesome. But that's what the enemy does. He takes that which is good and taints it and makes it that which is all wrong for your life. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine because we're looking at soon, hopefully, um, I've got some internet problems here at the church, but we would love to do live streaming of all our services, that we could have them streamed out live. And, and we were talking to a pastor about it, and he said, you know, there's some great sites that you can do that for free. But he said, the only problem with the free sites is this, you cannot control the ads on the site. He said, and what happens is this, if someone has been Google searching the wrong kind of things, he says the wrong kind of ads is going to come up. He said, so if they've been Google searching pornography or something like that, he said it's not going to be pornography that's going to come up, but it's going to be Victoria's Secret ads. It's going to be things of like nature. And I thought when he began to tell me that, he says this, he says, because the ads follow the pattern of your search. Think about that. The ads follow your search patterns and your histories. Why? Temptations will follow your pattern. You won't like the product because of the wrong pattern. And here's what I hear quite a lot. I hear this quite a lot now. And that is this. You know, I'm involved, Pastor Philip. I was involved with an inappropriate relationship. But Pastor Philip, it wasn't physical. We never met. It was just an inappropriate through texting, email, social media. Nothing physical happened. We didn't even meet in person. It was a harmless exchange, but that's why we like to label it. But you know how God even labels things like that? Let's look at God's word. First Thessalonians 5 verse 22 says this, Abstain from all appearance of evil. God doesn't just say abstain from evil. God says, stay away from even what appears to be wrong. That which you may say, well, it's just harmless. Remember, Paul was addressing the fact you can't go out and sin. But those things that are maybe harmless right now, they're not going to be harmless forever. Because if you keep feeding the monster, he's going to grow. And what you think you have control over today is going to control you tomorrow. Why? Because your patterns will determine the product and the outcome of your life. You've got to stay away from every kind of evil, even the appearance of. What does it look like? Ask yourself, what does it look like? It's like the illustration of the frog in water. You can put a frog in a bowl of boiling water and you know what he's going to do? He's going to jump straight out. Why? Because the shock of it, he's going to jump straight. But you can take that same frog and you can put it into a bowl of room temperature water that's on a heater and under a fire. And you can slowly heat up that water. And what that frog would do, he will change his body temperature and change his body temperature and change his body temperature and literally boil himself to death and not even realizing it. Why? Because subtly, slowly, piece after piece, piece after piece, he's destroying his life and he doesn't realize it. Oh, it's not that bad. It doesn't look that bad. Look again. 
Because even the wrong appearance can heat up the water and can cause your life to have problems in you. I want to go on record and say this right now. It's not Facebook's fault. It's not Instagram's fault. It's not Twitter's fault. It's not social media. It's not devices. It's not tools' fault. Come on, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your patterns. It's your behavior. No one's forcing you. It's all you. No one's forcing you to click that mice to go on that, or that mouse rather, to go on that site. No one's forcing you to look at those wrong things. The problem is a personal discipline problem and it's even deeper than that. It's a heart problem. You have a problem with your heart because I want to show you something right now that your pattern better be right. Your heart better be right because Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues or for out of it springs the issues of life. Come on, keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, he's saying one translation says above everything else. Guard your heart. Why? Because your heart determines the course, the pathway of your life. Your heart is the pattern that's going to determine the product of your life. And there's two types of purity, therefore, that we must maintain. The first is an inward purity and the second is an outward. Inward is what's going on in our hearts. Those things that we choose to think about. Those things that we think and we feel. Then there's the outward, it's our behavior, our actions, which start with a thought mostly, but then they're carried out. So let's look first at the outward and then come back in. Let's look at our behavior, the outward. Ephesians 5 verse 3 says, but fornication, that's immoral behavior, sleeping around, doing the wrong, impure things, and all uncleanness or covetousness, wanting things that you don't have any business to have, wanting things that are not yours is what it means to have that. Let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. I like how the NIV states, it says, but among you there must not even be a hint. If you're cooking and it says just put a hint of pepper, a hint of spice. What is that? You can't even almost say what it is. It's just like a little, just a pinch. There you go. It's just a a little pinch, just enough, just to bam, just to spice it up, just a hint of something. What does he say? Even the smallest little pinch and the smallest little hint, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity in your life. Not even a little because a little is too much. Oh, but it's accepted today. Oh, but it's accepted today. Not for you and not for I because God calls us to live by a higher standard, to live by his word. You see, impurity is like poison. And even a little poison is too much. Even a little poison is too much. It only takes a little poison to destroy your life, to destroy your marriage, to destroy your family, to destroy your future. So here's the question you've got to ask yourself. Do I want any poison in my life? Come on, do I want poison in my life? Do I want that which will poison? Oh, but Pastor Philip, I can handle it. Everyone, Do I want poison in my life? Because the pattern is going to determine the... You've got to stop justifying and comparing yourself to the wrong standard. Well, at least I'm better than them. At least I'm better than him. You know, every time we take communion, we normally read the passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 28. It says these words, but let a man or a woman examine themselves. A lot of us kind of go right there because that's cool. I can handle that. I can examine myself because I can excuse this and I can do this. But you've got to understand this. God is... Asking us to, yes, examine ourselves, but according to his criteria. It's not according to what we think our lives should look like. He's given us the opportunity, just like he did with Adam and Eve. Where are you? He knew exactly where they were. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows the impurities and the sin and the filth of your life. He still loves you and he's still throwing out there. He's still letting you examine yourself. Why? Because he wants you to come clean and say, God, I'm screwing things up. 
and I need to change because we've got to examine our lives according to his criteria. You know, there's something else out there today that they call it latent toxicity. Latent toxicity. I've never heard of it before. Maybe you have. Here's what latent toxicity is. It's the ability of certain substances to become poisonous to us under certain conditions. So in an everyday thing, they may be okay. But then when other conditions are added, like other pressures, or maybe moments of weakness, it's like almost our phone. Our phone is a latent toxicity. Come on, you can almost think of your cell phone as a latent, latent toxicity. Why? Because it has the ability under certain conditions to become poisonous to your life. Because in a moment of weakness, in a time of loneliness, or when you're tired, or you're going through some hurts, come on, you can find yourself in the wrong place. 1 Corinthians 6.18, what does Paul tell us? He says, flee. Flee sexual immorality. And every sin that a man does outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. What is he saying? Flee from it. Run. Don't even entertain it. Don't even want to be around it. You think you can handle it. But the pattern is going to determine the product. Read on. Verse 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body... Come on, your life is what? It's the temple of the Holy Spirit who is God, who is in you. Come on, that you have from God. You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. The greatest price is he hung upon a cross. That's the value he sees in your life. Come on, you've got to start valuing your life. I put that on Facebook the other day. You've got to start valuing your life so you stop giving people the discounted version. Come on, you've got to put the value on your life instead of selling yourself short and giving yourself out at a discount. Because you are God's, you've been bought with a price. He says, therefore glorify God with your body. Everything that you do on your computer, your conversations, your actions, your life, where you are. Come on, we are to glorify God and bring a pleasing life to God. You see, when you do impure things, you're not just doing it against your spats. God says you're doing it against me. You're doing it against me. And the Bible says, I don't have this verse, but it says this. Oh, we fear the one that cannot condemn our soul. But we need to fear the one that can condemn our soul to hell. Come on. We worry about what if they find out? What about the one who already knows? It's good, but it's not. If we're not doing good. So what do we do? We've got to set boundaries for our life. Come on, you've got to have safeguards in your life. I think everyone should have an accountability partner, someone around you to get the help you need. One of the things that we do is, oh, if I tell them, they're going to look at me. Come on, there are the right people around you that you can tell and give you the proper help. Don't go to the ones that will tell you what's accepted and what's expected. Come on, they'll tell you, oh, that's okay. You don't have to worry about that. I'm doing that too. Why not join me? Be around the people that will challenge you and hold you accountable in your life. You know what else you need to know? Your weaknesses. You know to know the weaknesses of your life because if you're going to play with fire, you're going to put yourself in a position because it's latent toxicity. You're going to put yourself in a position that you can be tempted and fall. You see, I think it's really good for you to sit down and identify the weaknesses of your life that you can summon enough courage to find solutions now in the moments when you're strong and committed, not trying to grasp for air when it's too late. Look at your life and say, here's the boundaries, here's the limitations, here's the things that you need to watch. And you've got to live with wisdom. I set boundaries and guidelines for my life all the time. There's things that I look at and say, you know, I could go there and I would be probably fine there. But you know what? I've got to also watch the appearance of evil too. So I've got to watch for things. So I set boundaries and guidelines. And that's not saying, well, you're living in bondage, brother. No, I'm living in godly wisdom. Come on, there's a difference between, if God set you free from alcohol, you know what, it's probably a wise thing to stay away from the bars. And you may say, well, pastor, if he set me free, then I won't be even worried about that. Why put yourself in a tempting situation where you could stumble and fall again? Thank God you are free, but the Bible says you've got to walk in your freedom. 
Come on, you've got to walk in freedom. That means wisdom now is applied to your life. You're not being stupid with those things. When you're on the London Underground and there's a statement that you will hear over and over again, or you're on the tube, as we call it, they say this, mind the gap. Mind the gap. You know what they're talking about? That little gap between the platform and the train. Mind the gap. You may say, well, what's important about that gap? I could never fall through that gap. Let me tell you something. You've got to mind the gaps. Because what you may think is a little crack today is going to grow to be a foot big and two foot big and three foot big. You've got to stop minding the gaps. Because if you start plugging the gaps today, come on, you're not going to have to worry about the pitfalls and the holes that you're going to fall into. Come on, mind your gaps. What's the little things right now that God's tugging on your heart and God's dealing with you? Because you've got to block the pathways to impurity. If you're in a relationship or you want to be in a relationship, there's some guidelines you need to set. One of them is this, don't keep any secrets from each other. Kelly at any time can go on my phone. I don't have any passcodes or anything that shuts down any of my devices or anything that if I do have any on, Kelly knows the password. And it's not a password that gets her in at a certain level because I'm the administrator. She has complete access to everything I have. At any time, she can pick up my phone and go through everything. Why? Because there's nothing to hide. Live like that. Remove anything that's questionable. If there's things that are questionable, if there's shows that are questionable, if there's movies that are questionable, just remove all those kind of things. What's that movie that's out now? The Fifty Shades of Grey? That is just pornography wrapped up in a pretty little picture trying to appeal to people. Come on, you've got to remove questionable things for your life because you may say, oh, that's okay. That's latent toxicity. And under the wrong pressures and putting in the wrong stuff, come on, you're going to follow the wrong path that are going to result in the wrong product and you're not going to gain anything. You're just going to lose everything. You've got to watch your intake. You've got to look at your outward behavior from God's perspective and not just consider your life, but you need to consider other people's lives too because what people see in you can affect the outcomes of their life. Look at this scripture, Matthew 18 verse 6. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for a millstone to be hung around his neck and he would drown into the depth of the sea. What does that mean? You may be able to handle those things. You may think you can handle those things, but someone else can't. And you're going to cause them to stumble and you're going to cause them to fall because if they're doing it, then I can do it. Then it's okay for me to do it. God says if you're causing anyone to follow those kind of patterns, it would be better if you were drowned in the deepest ocean. You may say that's a little bit harsh. No, no, no. That's just the value God places upon purity on your life and what he wants. Quickly, let's look at inward purity. I've got to finish. Guard your heart. Come and say with me, guard my heart. Proverbs 4.23 again, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Your heart defines, sets the course for your life. David said it this way, Psalms 119 verse 9 and 11, how can a young man cleanse his way? How, How can I stay pure in a dirty, filthy world? He says, by taking heed according to your word, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let me give you three ways that we can guard our hearts. David says it here in this passage. Number one, to live according to God's word. Apply his word. Hide it in your hearts. Don't just know it. Know what it says to your life and experience. Don't just rattle off scripture. Realize the implication to your life. Read it. Store it away. I heard this statement a while ago and I thought, wow, that's so good. It says, put God's word (laughs) into your heart when life is going good. And when life gets tough, your heart will put God's word into your mouth when you need it. Come on, isn't that good? Come on, right now in the good times, feed yourself on the word of God. Why? Because in the bad times, the word of God will feed you. It will lead you and it will guard you. Set a standard according to God's word. Read it, live by it and say, that's the kind of man and that's the kind of woman that I want for my future life too. Come on. And if you're married, stop being the man and the woman. Stop judging them for not being the man and woman. You start being the person. And let God change. Then number two, you've got to live by God's standards. He says, don't let me wander. Don't let me stray away from your 
commands. You've got to know what God values and you've got to model your life after that. You've got to say each and every day, God, would you guard my life? Would you guard my words? Would you guard, would you put filters all around me to protect me and to keep me safe? And the third thing that David says, we've got to seek God. Seek God. Order matters. Come on, seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else. And we're not just seeking God half-heartedly with everything you have. You've got to maintain that right relationship. Romans 12, 2, haven't got that. It says, don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, seek God. Be renewed each and every day. So what goes into your heart matters. But God there is a safeguard. His power and his presence can make a difference. So I've got to end this. Let's recap. Maintaining purity is going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for every one of us in the world that we live. Why? Because we're all humans and we are sustainable to temptation. We're constantly bombarded, but we have a faithful God. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we have a faithful God. That with the temptation, he will make the way of escape. What else have we looked at? Don't justify your behavior because that's not going to change the product. Come on, if you want the product to change, you've got to change the pattern. Because don't justify, well, at least I'm better, or, oh, it's just because of this and because of that. No, if you want the product to change, go back to the pattern. Because it's not accepted and it's not expected. That's not how it's going to be. We've got a statement in our house right now with the words you say. Come on, you've got to watch. When you start saying negative things, add this thought after it, and that's how I want it. Come on, add that. Come on, you are killing me, kids, and that's how I want it. Start adding that. I'm never going to be happy, and that's how I want it. Start adding that because you are confessing with your mouth the life that you're going to live in. Come on, you're talking to the product instead of addressing the pattern of your life. And then what else do we talk about today? Ask yourself this question. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Come on, is it going to be worth it? And I can tell you the answer right now. Every time, if you're chasing after things that are impure and wrong, they're poison and the answer is no, no, no. Never, never, never. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Yeah.